Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Do you know what I just realized, Brad? What? It's March. March freaking madness. The madness is here. The conference tournaments have begun. Yes. The NCAA tournament starts next weekend. It's an exciting time in sports. Uh, let me tell you, I've been at work with my cell phone on one screen. Uh, tomorrow I'm bringing my iPad, and I have the television in front of me. I think we better just get used to that. Yeah, uh, this whole month, I'm not, I don't plan on sleeping or, sorry bosses, doing any work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you and the rest of America, by the way. Yes. Uh, I, I read some crazy stat last year that the productivity on the first two days of the NCAA tournament just plummet. Dude, I, I mean, if you don't bring an extra mode of watching the tournament, you're a fool. Then what are you because doing? Because you're missing out. You're going to be checking your phone. You might be checking mm -hmm. your work phone at the same time. No, no, no. I'm going to be plugged up. I'll get some work done. But then for the most part, I'm going to be watching basketball. Before we get into the conference tournaments, uh, we are, as we always do, going to reach into our mailbag. Yes. And we have a good one today. Uh, we are going to start talking about baseball. Spring training is here as well. Uh, teams out in Florida and Arizona getting ready for a six-month season. This comes to us from Max. He wants to know which team has the best chance to win the World Series this year. And I want to start here. Technically, we know who has the best chance because we have the odds. Yes. So according to Vegas... The Los Angeles Dodgers have the best chance to win the World Series at plus 500, but we have some great contenders here. The Yankees at plus 550, the Astros also at plus 550, the Cubs plus 750, the Nationals plus 800, and the Cleveland Indians are plus 850. So, Brad, let's start with you. Who do you like going into the baseball season? So, I'm all about value. Um... And at plus five, I think it was what, plus 550, I'm going with the Astros. Okay. Um, I know repeating in any sport is really difficult, but the Astros, for the most part, they kept their lineup together. They get Verlander now for an entire season. I mean, Verlander with the Astros, 5-0 and with a 106 ERA, which is amazing. They picked up, uh, who they pick up? Garrett Cole from the, from the Pirates. Huge acquisition. Huge. He went from, so you're picking up an ace to add to your rotation. So I, if he can overcome the fact of not being an ace to uh, going to that, that uh, rotation, I think he'll be a more than adequate piece for them to repeat. And if Keiko can get back to Cy Young form, yes. they may have the best rotation in all of baseball, or the best, at, at least one, two, three. Yeah. Verlander is the, is the key factor. He yes. was the one that gave them that extra push that they needed. Yeah. I mean, he was an X factor. In and the I think even them adding Verlander is going to, it helped uh, McCullers even. So let's, let's say, um, I'm, I'm spacing, let's say Altuve mm -hmm. hits another 24. 25 home runs this mm -hmm. season. Uh, Carrera has another great season. Springer's out there playing good. I I'm gonna. I have to say they are my pick, especially at plus 550. I, I could say the Indians, but the Yankees, Young, still even with Stanton, not too sold on them. I mean, the Red Sox could be a dark horse. I mean, adding JD, adding. Finally getting someone who could hit it out of the park. Yeah, uh, the Red Sox were the very next team on this list. I, I think they were plus 1050. Uh, absolutely agree with you there. Uh, the, the Red Sox could definitely be back to form. The Yankees, um, for me, I just think they're going to have too many strikeouts in their That's lineup. That's a lot of strikeouts in that lineup. They, now they had the two most struck out, struck out big hitters in yeah. the MLB. Uh, and you may see them back to back. I just think it's going to be, I mean, the power numbers are definitely going to be there. It's going to be tough to overcome. For me, the Dodgers get there and they just choke every single year. Yeah. Last year was no different. Kershaw can't figure it out in the playoffs. My pick to win this year, Don't the Chicago Cubs. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you had the Cubs up your sleeve. Getting you Darvish was huge. 
You Darvish was a huge addition uh, to the rotation. They still have John Lester, yes. uh, Kyle Hendricks. Uh, don't forget about Jose Quintana. They, too, have an excellent rotation, and they also have, in my opinion, one of the best infields that we have ever seen in the history of baseball. Yeah. Chris Bryant at third, Addison Russell at short, Javier Baez with Ben Zobrist as a platoon at second, Anthony Rizzo at first. You got Wilson Contreras at catcher. Don't forget about Schwarber, Jason Hayward. Oh, my God. And I haven't even said the best part about this team is the way that, that they built this bullpen. Brandon Morrow as their closer. You got Carl Edwards Jr., Ciszek, Dunsing, Grimm. Now, they... And here's the other thing. We already know that they can put together a championship season yes, because we saw them it, do yeah. it two years ago, which is huge for me. Remember, we had the San Francisco Giants win a World Series in 2010, 2012, and 2014. 2014 yeah. And they did that with the same core group of players. This is what this Cubs team reminds me of. Yes. Um, I think that we've only seen them get started, and it was easy to forget about them last year. Yeah. The Dodgers destroyed the Cubs last year because this lineup went cold. Yeah. And it doesn't it, happen it, very often. And I think that's, that's a big point you say right there because if if their bats didn't die on them I, they could have been hoisting up the world series trophy mm-hmm. at the end of the year completely i mean just completely cold couldn't buy a hit yeah. in that series that was and, frustrating and to happen. watch too yeah um and, and, and it's gonna happen so uh these teams that we've named though uh the top seven that's who I believe we're, we're going to see come playoff time. We yeah. may get one surprise team. Uh, watch out for the Cardinals or the Brewers in the Central. Uh, they've been really stockpiling. Watch out for the Twins again this year. Um, but it's that this list. This is who we're going to see. The list that you, that you listed, one of those is winning the World Series. And, I mean, pick two of your favorite out there and bet on those guys and ride them to the end of the season. Yeah. Right into the end of the season. I, can't uh, even, I was trying to think of a, like I wanted to put in a dark horse, but I don't even have like a dark horse. Yeah. Because the, the top is so stacked where they're either altogether great, they have great hitting, or they have great pitching. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who, who is weak at any area in that top. A lot of people are saying that the Angels are dark horse just because they added Otani, but I'm here to tell you right now, I'm not saying he's overrated. I'm just saying he's not going to make up as big of an impact as people yeah. think he's These going to. These are some well-put-together ball clubs. Absolutely. So... It's going to be fun to talk about them uh, as we go on. Uh, the baseball season is a long and arduous journey. It's a battle of attrition. It's whoever is healthy at the right time, whoever gets hot at the right time. Uh, that's who we usually see. And, you know, uh, what's, what else is interesting about baseball is the trade deadline makes a bigger impact, in my opinion, than any other sport. Moves made in the middle of July are going to make or break a team. We saw that last year with Justin Verlander. Yeah. So, uh, we, uh, How about that, though? Justin Verlander went from not making the playoffs to winning a ring. It was great to see that from him because he's just been—he's been one of the good ones. Yeah, always. off the field and on the field. Yeah, uh, he's had a great career. Got a hot wife too, so. <laughs> Kate <laughs> you guys don't know it's Kate Upton. Yeah. Anybody out there? All right, so uh, let's go ahead and transition here to our favorite sport. We got a lot going on in the NFL. Yes, Brad, the combine the was combine. last week. I I'm gonna tell you this, Miles. I watched every second, maybe spare five minutes of the combine. It was really fun watching the 40 times. 40 times. I mean, I watched the on-field part. workouts. Okay, before we go any further, okay. I just want to, I don't know if you saw that headline, Darius Geis got asked if he likes men. Yeah, and they also asked if his mom was a prostitute. Yes. Oh, what my God. These, what are these NFL teams doing? They're trying to, trying to punk them, man, see how strong they are mentally. And, you know, it's not how they answered the question then. It's how the answer affected them in the media, which is going to be the biggest thing they're looking mm-hmm. at. Isn't it interesting... Brad, like, are you, are you noticing this trend? Like, this trend with the NFL, it, it's it, it's like we're 
were training these players to be gladiators yeah. in an arena. And now there's there are no limits to what teams will do to yes. find what they want. It's crazy. I mean, you got, but, but honestly, you have to weed out the weak. Like, okay, I'm going to use this situation. It might be a sensitive subject because I know the guy suffers from depression. But let's go with Justin Martin. Okay. You know, he just got arrested for that whole uh, brandishing a weapon. He had an axe, a knife, a shotgun loaded. He was a weak player, like, mentally. And, and when I mean weak, I don't mean that as a derogatory or a negative term. I just mean, like, he wasn't as mentally strong to not only take the physical abuse that happens on the field, but these guys in the locker room have the mental abuse. They All the, all the rookies get hazed. NFL, they're celebrities. Yes. Uh, you know, and I think it's like that for, like, for only the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they become personalities. You need to be, make sure that they can handle that yeah. pressure. Yeah, the media. I mean, this is so much. And I, I like how the Combine does that because you're going to mm-hmm. see somebody's character really quick. I think uh, an example for me that comes to mind is Vince Young. Yes. Where uh, he just did not test mentally well. And, yeah. it, and it turned out that that was, that that was the case. Yeah. Uh, so it can make or break a player. It's, interesting, it's just interesting to see how these players are being... Uh, compared. Yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead and uh, each talk about, let's start with stock falling. Okay. All right. So I want to hear your player, uh, in your opinion, that uh, you have their stock falling. Oh, okay. You probably line. know my player. Um, and I could pick another player. I have Orlando Brown. Well, see, I wasn't worried about this because I figured we would both have Orlando Brown okay. because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Uh, how much, I don't think, I can't remember a player stock ever dropping this far. So the craziest thing about Orlando Brown is fire your agent. You know you're out of shape. You know you're not strong. You know you're not motivated. That means your agent has to know, too. Not only did it cost you millions of dollars, it cost your agent hundreds, thousands of dollars. It just baffles me. But if he knew this and his agent knew this, how have we not seen it? How how is he like been, been on the field? On the field, how, how has he been projected as a top ten pick? Is it just because we haven't seen him run? I mean, it, just because we. But but here's the other thing, Brad. It was uh, a, it was lack of effort. It was lack of focus. Did you hear that? The he coaches looked, were saying that yeah. he was loafing. He looked disinterested. Like he did. Like he thought he was a hot shot. That I'm a sure surefire top fifteen pick. Mm-hmm. I don't need to try hard. That's obnoxious. And after we just gave all these offensive linemen praise, I put him what second going second mm-hmm. overall. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Um. You know, the 40 time really doesn't bother me that much. No. Uh, because the not 40. For an offensive line, not for a guy who weighs almost 400 pounds, but his 10 yard split. So an average for top rated offensive lineman is 1.7 seconds. He ran it in two seconds. That's a huge mark. We're not talking about one tenth of a second. We're talking about two, two and a half tenths of a second, which is a lot. And that makes all the difference up front in the yes, NFL. Yes, when you're getting off that, that split off the tenth of a second. Oh, my God. Makes all the difference. So how far do you think he'll fall? Because I've heard as low as the third round. I can't imagine him falling past the second round. No, I, I think I was – okay, I read two mock drafts. I saw one in the third, one in the fourth. But then I read um, someone say the, the best point. His tape can outshine everything that he did wrong. And they know that he has a young body. They know that he might be mentally immature. But for you to let this guy pass you in the second round – would be a mistake because you have seen him on the field. All the combine is is to I'm struggling to find the words. It is to validate the field or to to make guys show up and show out. It's not really the the be all end all, and it might make you fall a little bit. But for him to fall out of the second round, every team will be missing out. I don't want the combine to ever make or break a player because, to your point, I feel like you have years and years of tape how you play on the field. One week at a combine shouldn't determine how you're measured. Yeah. 
But, you know, unfortunately, that's where we are. I mean, we had Barkley have a really good combine. That yes. was validation. Yes, you know, definitely. That, that he it was quite possibly the best player in the draft. Um, but, man, for, for Brown's stock to fall, fall that much, it's surprising. I, I told you I thought he was the best tackle in the draft. And mm-hmm. now they're saying he might be, like, the fourth or fifth best. And, and, and Orlando Brown, keep your head up, man, because like, I think if you work hard, he, he's young. He's what he's freaking twenty two years old. He'll learn from that. This. His bench press will get up there. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and go to better news. Uh, I'm gonna start with uh, my stock rising because it's got me excited. This stock rising for me is one of my underrated players at the draft, and that is Royce Freeman nice. out of Oregon. Good he one. had a great combine for his size at 229 pounds, running a 4.54, one of the top agility scores among all running backs we already knew that he had the power we already knew they had the pass catching ability but now that we know that he has the athleticism yeah to be a workhorse back in this league and now i am more excited than ever for royce freeman after calling him underrated uh they're saying he might go as high as three i'm hoping he goes in the second round uh because that word workhorse that's what i think he brings to the table yes and that's what i said originally is that that's what he's going to give you he was one of the hardest working backs um, in the combine, and you—I mean, stuff like that—you could tell. Like, you look at players, not a offensive, not a uh, not a running back, but a wide receiver. Like, you look at Calvin Ridley uh, doing his on-field drills. They were kind of lackadaisical. Not that he wasn't sharp. Like, don't get me wrong, but it was like you could tell he wasn't putting any extra effort because it comes seamless to him. He, he's already high, really, um, highly rated. But Royce Freeman was out there giving every. He ran his forty, uh, not ran his forty, but he was doing on-field drills. Like, you could tell. He had that mentality like, I'm not saving anything for the pro day. I'm out there and I'm just grinding as hard as I possibly can. And, and, and that's the type of thing that, that's going to translate well into Absolutely. NFL. That effort and passion, it, it comes through so easily. Yeah. Uh, so that was good to see. Okay, Miles, I'm, I have two honorable mentions that I'm just going to want to highlight really quick. Okay. Just the first two are just freaks of nature. Let's go Deron Payne at 6'2", 311 pounds. He ran a four. 9540 with 27 reps on the bench press. That's a good one. And, and I was going to put him as my most stock rising player, but he was already rated pretty high. Like, this is just more of a validation thing. And uh, I, I can't even pronounce his name. Troy Apke, Apke, Apake, whatever his name is, the safety from Penn State. Congratulations. My man is 6'2, 210 pounds, ran a 4340. That's impressive. Uh, we both had Deron Payne going in the first round, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I yes. think I had the Cowboys taking him, so that's going to be a great pick yeah. uh, for whoever uh, stocks him up on the on the line. So definitely. Uh, so what? I, who I'm going to go with? Um, and why I'm going with this is because I initially thought he was rated so low. I've seen him as as low as the fourth, uh, third or fourth best tight end, and that's my, Mike Jacecki. I, I watched him all season, and I, don't get me wrong, I watched Hayden Hurst uh, just because he's in the SEC. I, I watched uh, Mark Andrews because I watched a lot of Baker Mayfield. And I, I understand that Mark Andrews was a little bit, like, rated a little bit higher, but people honestly saying Hayden Hurst was a better prospect than Jacecki, and Jacecki went out there and showed out. 4-5-4 four, four in the 40 at 250 pounds, 41-inch vertical. He topped Mark Andrews by over 10 inches. He was Trace McSorley's favorite target uh, for two years at yes. Penn State. Runs routes really well. Uh, good size. Uh, big hands. Yeah, big hands. And speaking of tight ends, just in general, there's there are some steals, I there's think. There's definitely some steals. Here, because uh, out of Hurst, Andrews, and Kasika, I think they all have that yeah. ability. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who improves the tight end, which is really has become such an important position in an NFL offense these yes. days. 
100%. He's a beast. Uh, he, he's solid at blocking. He'll learn more. But uh, his 22 reps on the bench press really impressed me, too, because mm-hmm. you want those guys, like tight ends and offensive linemen, tight ends, offensive linemen, and de- defensive linemen, those are the guys who I care about, how good, how well they can off, uh, bench press, because that's the only time you're really using that motion in the NFL. And, and like we said, uh, you know, that, that extra uh, – bench that extra split second it makes the most difference when you're up front in in the trenches so it's an important ability before we move on also i just wanted to have an honorable mention for stock falling uh ronald jones ronald jones i had him as my stock falling i had him and josh jackson injuring himself uh during the 40 which is another reason why freeman stock went up so um can't wait to see where these guys fall but uh i was hoping he would go out there and run a a sub four three five same here and that four six four with a hurt hammy kind of sucked well, I mean, he still has his pro day to make up for it, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. All right, so let's go ahead and move over to college basketball. We're going to do a little recap here. Uh, we talked about North Carolina and Duke. Duke on senior day took care of business, 84-74. Great call by you, Brad. Ching! That was a win for you. Uh, loss for me. I had North Carolina covering the spread. So that brings our overall records, 5-1-1 one, and one for you, Brad. 4-2-1 nice. for me. Uh, so pretty good season of college basketball for us. Uh, Duke's looking good going into the tournament. Duke's looking good. You know they were down by ten at that, and I was like, "There's no way they're gonna they're gonna cover." And then they won by ten, taking care of business. Uh, the Big Ten tournament this weekend. Uh, Got to give you credit for that. You called the Final Four perfectly. You had Michigan and Michigan State, as did I. Uh, you and I both had Purdue, but the difference was you called a third straight upset of Penn State over Ohio State. Can I ask you how in the hell you knew that was gonna happen again? Uh, one of my best friends is an Ohio State fan, and <laughs> I will always remember where my money goes. I, I probably can remember every single bet that I've taken in the past year, and I've only bet on Ohio State two times this season. One was versus Penn State. Two was versus Penn State, which means <laughs> I watched those games. I didn't watch the entire uh, first Penn State game because we were in Las Vegas, yeah, but the right. second one, I, I can just tell that it's just teams that have other teams' numbers, and I think Ohio State's a way better team than Penn State. It's just... It's just that if de facto um, I have your number kind of thing. Kryptonite. That particular matchup, man. Just yeah. Tony Carr, for whatever reason. I. It was the most frustrating game uh, for me to watch. One of the most frustrating games ever watching Buckeye basketball. Yeah. Uh, very disappointing. Uh, I, I got to go home and watch it with my dad. We had very high expectations. But... Uh, we'll be able to play in, Mar- in March Madness. So, That's all that matters. Uh, but, the, but the story of the Big Ten tournament was the Michigan Wolverines. Back to back. Wow. wow. And they did it as an 8 seed last year, as a 5 seed this year. They beat Purdue. Uh, another situation where I still feel like Purdue's a better team, but you got to hand it to Michigan for coming into that tournament and playing they as came well into as they the, did. They came into the tournament hot, which was mm-hmm. like uh, you look at Purdue stumbled into the tournament. Michigan State didn't look as sharp coming into the tournament, but freaking Michigan was coming in trails blazing. I think like the games they, they lost, they should have lost, and the games that they didn't cover was because they weren't trying that hard, but they were still winning. Yeah. And I had uh, Abdul Rahman as my key player for Michigan, and he came out hot. Oh could, my God. could not miss a three-pointer yeah. um, in both of those games against Michigan State and Purdue. And keep in mind, Michigan had to take Iowa to overtime yeah. in their first game. Uh, just really impressive what performance a by them. Right there. And uh, I hate to say it, but congrats to the Wolverines. Um, yes. Big win for them. So let's go ahead and talk about some conference tournaments. Now, keep in mind that uh, uh, these conference tournaments have already started. Uh, we even have some games going on right now uh, in these tournaments. We're going to go ahead and talk about who we like, the matchups that we like. Let's go with uh, who we think is going to end up in the semifinals and who we have as our champion for each of these tournaments. Cool. So you want to start with the ACC tournament? We'll start with the ACC. I'm going to give you my final four, and 
I want to change my final, kind of, but I'm going to stick with what I have written down. I have Virginia versus Clemson in one semifinal matchup, mm-hmm. and Duke versus UNC in the other. I have the same exact Final Four. But let's see if we have the same teams advancing to the championship. So who do you have between Virginia and Clemson? So Virginia-Clemson, uh, Virginia's lack of scoring scares me. Clemson looked really good against Boston College today. I have Clemson advancing to the championship. See, that's what that's what I wanted to, just to switch to. I was like, man, I really, especially watching Clemson today and watching Virginia, although they ended up uh, winning and covering today, uh, they didn't look super sharp against Louisville. They struggled early. Yeah, um, but I just can't ignore the fact that Clemson lost 61-38 to versus Virginia, and I think Virginia's defense is going to outpower them. I have Virginia in that matchup. All right, and then on the other side, we have a rematch. Yes. Duke and UNC. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, Brad, I am sticking with my pick of North Carolina, especially on on a neutral court. So I have the six upsetting the two there. I have Duke. Uh, I have Duke winning it all. Perfect. So we have different championship games. I have Clemson and UNC, and I have UNC taking the ACC tournament. Uh, I just want to be clear. I don't think UNC is the best team in the ACC, but with these conference tournaments, I just like to have that wild card The best wild, team seldom wins, effect. unless you're talking right, exactly. about like, the Horizon League yes. or, or stuff like that. that. Those are teams that where the big team always wins because they're so much better. It's just, you know, when when you're betting this weekend, just keep in mind, it's these tournaments – you got these teams playing back-to-back-to-back days. They're not used to that. Yeah. You, uh, you got teams playing each other for the third time. That's why it's so unpredictable. Always one good advice that I want to tell anybody betting these games. I don't care how good the team is. If they have a lack of depth, they're going to lose when it comes to the final. Just because three, let's say they make it to the – they. How they're in like the Pac-12. That would be four days in a row that they have to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean three days in a row. Other, t- other games are two days in a row that they have to play, which is a lot for lack of depth teams. And that that's what makes what Michigan did so impressive in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. They won four games in a row, four days in a row, yeah. in the process, knocking off the best two teams all year. Yeah. Uh, so those are the kind of stories that you get with these tournaments. All right, let's go ahead and move over to the SEC. Okay. And uh, hear your final four. we had a big win by oh, Bama today. Roll, tide, roll. <laughs> that was fun. So we have a little Bama Auburn matchup in the quarterfinal. Uh, who do I have in the semis? Uh, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm just gonna admit here for the SEC. I've got all chalk. I've got Auburn playing Kentucky, and I've got Tennessee playing Florida. Okay. Um, I'll give you mine here in one second. Um, so this was interesting. As a Bama fan, okay, I, I built this before Bama won today, and I did have Bama making it to the next round. Just want to go ahead and say that. Sure. I had Auburn versus Kentucky. Okay, so same there. I have Tennessee versus Arkansas. All right, so you have Arkansas. Arkansas scores way too many points for Florida to keep up on a neutral site. And um, in the final, as bad, as bad, as bad, as bad, as I wanted Tennessee to make it and win it all. I'm not even a Tennessee fan. I just like the way they play basketball. I have Arkansas versus Kentucky in the final. Two teams that can get hot at any moment. Auburn's great. They shoot the three excellent. The problem with uh, Auburn is Kentucky has that it factor, that scariness, where you get to Kentucky and that's all you need to do. Get them in. They, 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 they have a bunch of one, five stars, number ones in their states. And- they have the best coach in the conference. Um, I think one of their main players, uh, Fitzpatrick or Fitzgerald, I think he's hurt, uh, but I think it's just a tweak. So, so you got Kentucky winning it all? Unfortunately, yes. All right. 
I've got Tennessee playing Kentucky in the final. I've got Tennessee as the two seed winning the I SEC I like that a tournament. lot. That was my backup. If if Tennessee if Tennessee beats Arkansas, Tennessee's winning it all. All right. I like Arkansas as a pick. That's a I mean, Florida is a really trendy pick, so... Yeah, I have people picking Florida to win it all. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not either. Uh, so let's go ahead and move over to the Pac-12. Well, Pac-12 after dark. I am uh, so glad. Let me just tell you that this last round, that last round's over, and now I can finally start to get a little bit of sleep. I think, what, we have one more late game? Yeah, it looks like that one starts at 10.30. Yes. Yeah, so. Oregon and Utah. Great matchup, by the way. Uh, so this is a good example. Uh, we actually have one of the games at halftime, Stanford and UCLA. Uh, UCLA winning 44-40 to 40 at the half. Um, as far as the Final Four goes, uh, I have Arizona, who moved on today with the win. I've got Stanford, USC, and Oregon. Close. I have Arizona, UCLA. USC and Oregon, and I've heard so many people say that Stanford's going to upset. Um, Arizona? Uh, no, the Stanford's going to upset U- U- UCLA today. But um, the Holiday Kid is—he's the truth, man. I think he's going to push him, push him there. Um, who do you have as your final? Well, I also just want to say because we talked about the Pac-12 a little bit last week, saying that besides Arizona, we didn't really see anybody doing any damage in the yeah. NCAA tournament. And especially after looking at the field here, I don't see – I mean, I still see the same thing. So I've got Zona winning the whole thing. Me too. Uh, okay, so that's the first pick that we agree on. I've got Oregon playing Arizona in the final. Me too. And I think Oregon game is the, – the resilience that Oregon showed yesterday. I think there was like seven minutes left. They were still down. They've been down by as much as like 15 or 16. To come back and win that game in overtime, Troy Brown – Watch out for him in the next level. Absolutely. Great player. Uh, and could lead them to win this whole thing. They just beat Arizona, what, a week and a half ago? Yeah. So, great. It should be another great high-scoring matchup. So, that that's going to be a good game for the Pac-12. If McIntyre, um, if he can go and expose teams down inside the paint, it'll be a good one. But DeAndre Aiden's a big boy. DeAndre Aiden is probably my favorite player. Uh, this year in college I hope basketball. The Magic draft Officially, him. yeah. And not only because I want the Magic to draft him, because I do. Uh, I feel like he could be the type of player to take you all the way to the final. Yeah, and getting Lonzo Trier back for the uh, for the Wildcats was really big, too, because Lonzo Trier was that guy averaging about 19 points a game. Losing him and, was big. And they played okay without him yeah. when they had to. So we know that they can make the adjustments. This team shoots 51% from the field. Hard to argue against that. I see Arizona making a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament. All right, let's go ahead and move over to the Big 12 tournament. All right, uh, we had a couple games today. Uh, Kansas State beat TCU. Kansas took care of business over Oklahoma State. So we know that that is the first matchup. Uh, who do you have filling out the rest Wait, of the Wait, who did you bracket? say won that Kansas State-TCU game? Uh, Kansas State. Okay, good. Yeah. I had Kansas State. It was overtime, I believe. I had Kansas State as my, in my final four before that game even started. Um, kind of funny, but I had... I, I'm going to be honest, I hadn't watched that much TCU basketball, but I've watched a lot of Kansas State basketball, so I, I was just feeling more confident picking them anyway. Um, I have Kansas steamrolling Kansas State, by the way. Um, I, I do as well. Uh, I have Texas Tech uh, pulling it over Texas, although that's a scary matchup for Texas Tech. I've got Texas upsetting Texas Tech. I just hate how Tech is limping into this tournament. Uh, I don't think that they ended the season well, so I've got an upset there. What are you, what are you thinking about the final? Well... I like a Kansas-West Virginia matchup, or yes. rematch yes. after that great game that Monte we saw. Monte Graham, Javion Carter. You know how much I love Javon. Jav- I keep calling him Javion. He's going to hear this one day. And when he's rich and famous, he's going, God damn you, Brad. It's not Javion. 
Uh, and believe it or not, I was very high on Kansas early on, but I've got West Virginia finally getting over the hump and winning the Big 12. I got Kansas winning it. Uh, so that's interesting. That's going to be fun. All right. So we're going to move over to what do we got left? The Big East? We got a couple left, right? Yeah, yeah. So let, uh, let's go ahead and talk about two uh, non-traditional powers here. Let's go ahead with the Big East. Uh, we know we got two big teams coming out of this conference. Um, we already have Xavier and Providence moving on to the Final Four. I've got Villanova and Butler rounding out the rest of the Final Four. I had Providence and Xavier before both games started, um, Nova and Butler. And you know why I had Providence? Because I had Providence beating Xavier in the next round. I got a Xavier Nova final. You've got Xavier I mean, uh, Providence okay. Nova final. Gotcha. I don't think there's uh, any way that we don't have a Xavier Nova rematch with the way that these two teams score. But I do like that trendy Providence pick. They've been yeah. playing really well. And this 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 is the tournament where there's always one squeaker, and it, it could it could easily be Seton Hall or Butler too. Um, but I'm really a big fan of Jalen Brunson. Just give him the Wooden Award right now. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I like blew it from Xavier too, but blew it is streaky, man. Uh, if he goes up there and he puts up like a 10-sack versus Providence, he's, they're going to get destroyed. Do you have Providence upsetting Nova in the final? No. I have Nova winning it all. I've got Nova winning it as Nova's well. Nova's such a trendy pick. I mean, I even think I bet Nova winning their I – picked, I picked three three teams to win their conference, and most of them like weren't big powerhouses. I picked Nova to win there just because it's such a trendy pick. So I decided to end on the hometown American Athletic Conference Championship from the Amway Center. Yes. This weekend, uh, the local team, UCF, they're sitting as a six seed. They play tonight, so they should get a pretty good crowd out there tonight. Um, long tournament because we, uh, the championship game is actually on Sunday. Yes. Uh, we did have SMU advance over UConn, and we did have Memphis advance over USF. So for me, the final four, I've got Cincinnati and Memphis. Nice. I've got Wichita State and UCF. Man, dude, I have Cincy and Memphis, Wichita, and guys, don't kill me. But Houston has a squad. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston beat Wichita in the semifinals. But I do have my, my final as Cincy versus Wichita rematch. And I do as well. What's Wichita, call some damn timeouts. Did you hear that stat about how many timeouts Wichita's called all season? They, no, tell me. They've called an average of one timeout per game. That's interesting. That, that must fit their coaching style. It, it's actually a brilliant strategy. I like it. Let your team work through the kinks. Yeah. The only time you need to call That's a timeout is when it's close. You get the TV timeouts already at like right. the 16 mark, three minute mark, six minute mark. You and know. sometimes you just need to let the play play itself out. You, yeah. You don't need to set some specific play. And, and sometimes, like when I when I see coaches call a timeout, let's say a team goes on a uh, like a 10-0 run to, to tie the game or to bring it within two. Now your, your kids are, are their blood's racing and they're like timeout, timeout, timeout. And they're like, oh shit, coach is mad at us. Right. Now, exactly. now they're in their shell. They're like, I can't mess up. Coach is gonna yeah. take me out. The, the whole yes. the, the whole psychological factor of getting a timeout called when, when the other team's streaking on you, sometimes it does more damage than good. And we're still talking about 18, 19-year-old kids. Yeah. So they get in their head. Uh, I've got Cincinnati beating Wichita State in the final. Yeah, I, I, I can see either way. I, I think it's going to be a close game, and uh, I might make it out to that game if I'm not too hungover from the Orlando City game. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yes. That was fun. Um. Okay, Brad. I want to do one more thing. Cool. Let's, uh, I want to hear, because we were actually talking about this er earlier today. Without seeing the bracket, give me like two, three teams to watch out for in the tournament next year. Two weekend. or three teams to watch out for. This is for the big dance, the Oof. NCAA tournament. Middle Tennessee State, uh, those guys can, are you talking about to win it all or to, to, to watch out? Let's, let's go like Final Four favorites. 
Final, oh, Final Four favorites. Yeah. Uh, Just, let's save the Final Four favorites. Okay. Let's save that for our live show uh, on Monday. Okay. I'll give you teams to watch out. Or did you already have that planned? No, no, no. no uh, teams to watch out for Middle Tennessee State can shoot the hell out of the ball. Okay. What's, um, uh, what do we think? What seed do you think they're going to be? Like a 12 or 13? Like, no, I think they got to be a six seed. Okay. They're ranked top 25. They're going to win their conference. Uh, that's another one team that I picked to win their conference because they're so much better than everybody else in their conference. Yeah, okay. Um, another team, if they can make the tournament, they just got to make it because they shoot well as well. <clears throat> oh, shit. Am I really going to say this? Boise State. I think they only lost one game at home all season, too. I just don't see them making it in. Yeah, that's the problem. But So let's scratch that, and I'll give you my last one. Same conference, and you know I'm really high on them. Because I love the Martin twins, Caleb and uh, man, I drew a blank the other the other C Martin, but Caleb Martin is going to be one of the best pros to come out of that conference, and it's Nevada. I mean, Nevada has been a consistently good team all year, so uh, the they are another team that showed major gumption today when they mm-hmm. when they went down by over ten at half. Uh, Caleb Martin getting in foul trouble. For their coach to have the balls to keep Caleb Martin in with with about five minutes left to go with four fouls because they knew they needed him, and it, it served it right at the end of the game they needed him. What about Providence? Do they have a chance to get in? Oh, Providence will make it in. I think they'll make it in. They have a lot of big wins. Uh, they have the same big wins that uh, St. John has. Who, who are your teams? Uh, if Penn State can find a way to make it in, I think that they could uh, be problematic for some. Um, I don't see them as a good chance to get in right now just because the Big Ten was not very strong this year. Um, other than that, who, who are the SEC? I mean, hell, dude, if Bama can make the tournament. Anybody in the, anybody in the SEC, I'll give you SEC teams to watch out for that you don't want to play. Arkansas. Why? Fast, they can score. Missouri, why? We were talking about this earlier because mm-hmm. they get Mike, they get Michael Porter Jr. back, yep. and he played limited minutes today. That's why they lost. Tennessee, Auburn can shoot lights out. Those are four scary teams, and don't even think about, don't forget about Alabama. Rangy, the best defensive team in the SEC, one of the best point guards, one of the best prospects overall come, uh, that's going to be in this draft coming up, and Colin Sexton. Yeah, and Sexton had the game winner today. Yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, what kind of matchups we get. Yeah, definitely. So, um, guys, if you want to ask us a question, we have we are backed up in questions, but don't think that's a bad thing because we will always, always look at them and want to answer them. Uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at bestthehouse at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at bestthehouse. That's best the house. We have a live show coming up on Monday. Three so, days away. Uh, look at look. It'll be about. So they look for about seven o'clock. Uh, look for us on Facebook if you guys are out of towners. If you're in, if you're in Orlando and you're not at our live show, but you're you can also watch it on Facebook. I know some of you guys have priorities or have to get up late. It's okay. We will be on Facebook. Looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Yeah, it should be a good time. So uh, when you get a chance, look us up on iTunes at Welcome to the House and on Stitcher or however else you get your podcast. Be sure to download, rate, comment, and subscribe.